Welcome to this edition of the Games from the Powerless Run podcast. We've all been staying at home and playing, so we switched to 4th edition and have been using Discord and the excellent Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 4th edition system for the Foundry Virtual Tabletop to record most of these episodes. If you're interested in Foundry, I do recommend that you visit foundryvtt.com for more information. You can also download this adventure in Eye for an Eye, which was originally the 3rd edition starter adventure, We've converted it to 4th edition and it's available for free from perilousrealm.itch.io. You'll also find at that page a link to my GitHub page where you can get the entire adventure ready to run for Foundry VTT. Completely free. Ubersreich's streets run red with the blood of the Reichland. Corpses of good, stout-hearted folk hang from the walls for no crime but obedience to their liege lords. The cult of Sigmar demands all honour their noble lords and masters, but the only reward for such loyalty in Ubersreich is a short drop and an early passage to Moore's realm. None can understand why Aldorf's state soldiers arrived to remove Graf Sigismund von Jungfreud from power. The Emperor claimed the old Graf was preparing for war, but the Graf was a fair and strong ruler and beloved by the people. So nobles and commoners alike gossip like fishwives from the halls of power to the cheapest taverns. What could cause the Emperor to do this? But uncertainty breeds opportunity, and opportunity is the meat and drink of the adventurer, and these are the Ubersreich adventures. Starring Naomi as Marina Ermittelrin, a human Reichlander investigator. Rob as Osric Fiegler, a Reichlander soldier who once served the Jungfruits. And Mike as the mysterious Wood Elf Scout Gatherer. Isn't Ubersreich where uh, Vermintide set? Yeah, but that won't happen for another... <laughs> if it even does happen, because it's in times. Um, yeah. So, yes, it's an important trade city on the uh, the river Tufel in the Reichland. And recently has been the scene of some concerted military action. Emperor Karl Franz, he recently has declared martial law in Ubersreich, ousting ruling uh, Jungfurt family and this has seen a bloody but short civil war on the streets of Ubersreich as the state guard came in and took over uh, removing the loyalist Jungfurt faction. The Baron himself has retreated to one of his other country holdings and the city is currently in a state of uneasy peace because people are having to hide the shields of the old Baron's crest Nobody really knows why the Emperor has done this um, and to what end. So the city is now in a very tense situation. Uh, Rob, your soldier could have been involved in this on either side. I'm going to leave that up to you and your background. okay? And it could be that that's why you are no longer on active duty. Maybe you were given an order that you disagreed with and threw in your your, your halberd or whatever. Uh is that something that your character would be interested in being involved in? Um, I think it might be uh, decent to say that uh, he was maybe uh, one of these noble soldiers and then decided, no, I'm not fighting the Empire. <laughs> I am loyal to the Emperor. <laughs> so you were a Jungfrud supporter who changed allegiances? Yes. That works. Um, fine. Okay. Uh, you might not be too popular with the locals if you go around bragging about that because they kind of like. Uh, well, I just shan't, shan't brag about it then. Okay. Uh, but that's fine. So you were you were a soldier in House Jungfrud, used to fight Imperial state troops, um, which is perfectly fine by me. Okay, so you're now out of work then, I guess. Yes. Which is why you have seen dotted around town. Uh, let me 
picking this up for you. Handouts, is there? I mean, there is a handout section, but that is going to require me to actually push some buttons. Uh, and it is actually a mysterious note. There have been oh. notes put up through town um, hastily with advertisement looking for to employ people. Uh, it says, looking for work, resourceful and intrepid fellows required to assist in a house move. Job involves passion, danger, and some heavy lifting. Only honest applicants will be considered. No layabout. Hired candidates will earn six silver shillings for their labour, plus any expenses incurred. Interested? Ask for Herr Hendrik at the Red Moon in Ubersreich. Don't delay Herr Hendrik today. Somebody wants help moving house. That's right. And they're willing to pay six shillings. Now, bear in mind that you, um, you know, that you, how much per day, I should add, uh, that is beyond the rate of a skilled worker in Ubersrike. You should now see a handout uh, called Mysterious Note. I'm going to call that Handbill, actually. Can you all see the the handout? I can, yes. Right. Well, I'll uh, quite happily uh, note that, because out of work, I need some money. Right, What about feelings? It doesn't say per day. Six shillings for their labour, sorry. Not per day. Plus any expenses. I mean, a week's work could earn you as little as two silvers. This is a pretty good rate. Um, so is that enough to motivate you, Rob? Yep. I'm going to go ahead. Of I'm going to go to this um, uh, to this Red Moon Inn. Mm-hmm. Can, you actually read? Can you read? <laughs> no. All right. So somebody will have had to have read this for yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Mike? What are you doing? With uh, what's going on in the wider, what I'm doing before, yeah, probably at a local tanner or something. You're at a local tanner? Yeah, I'm doing, doing uh, biz, business from some pouts and stuff I did okay. as a hunter. Yeah, I don't know each other out. You don't know each other at this stage. So what are you doing? You're, you're at a tanner? What are you doing there? Uh, pr- doing, doing businesses. I'm a hunter, so I would have been just going about business, getting, going out hunt, hunting, going back and selling. Okay. Um, I mean, he's kind of, um, uh, yeah, sure. So you've been, tr- oh, maybe you're trading pelts. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Okay. So that's how you've been kind of making your, your living. So he'll be, you know, yeah, have you seen this? I've hand you the, this handbill. Oh, what's this about? You read? Uh, I don't. Right. Okay. So he's like, on a, looks like someone's wanting, ha- um, up moving house. Going to pay good money, probably more than you'll be making in a week's hunting. Well, that's that's an offer I can't really afford to pass up. Well, if you're interested, you go to the Red Moon Tavern, which, by the way, is the tavern from uh, Vermintide. You pay gather bat. Right, okay. Uh, does it have a sign? Does it have a big Red Moon as a logo? Oh yes, it does. Good, it good. Does, it does indeed. Naomi, are you going? You've seen this handbill around town. I presume that you're a professional investigator and that you have expenses, you've got an office and things that you maintain, or at least somewhere that clients can come and see. Is this handbill something that your character would be interested in? Oh, I'm going to need money, and at the moment I don't have a case. Right, okay, so that's enough to entice you to, in, to attend the Edmund Tavern. On the waterfront in Ubersreich, uh, you, the two of you that are local... You'll know how to get there. It's easily reached by road or from the river. The main floor is stone with a half-timbered upper level overhanging the street. Yes, there is the distinctive sign outside of a red moon. The common room is quiet, yet smoky and dark, and smells sharply of a mixture of fish, smoke, and sour beer when you enter. The bar is little more than a plank, and the furnishings are shabby. Against one wall are a series of booths with many curtain tattered linen slung across them to offer some privacy. And there's a scattering of candles and oil lamps that light the room as the all grimy windows offer very little illumination from outside. What do you do when you, well, you can come into the scene, take that in, that oaky bar ambience. Are we arriving together or has one of us arrived first? You can all arrive at the same time by sheer coincidence, but you don't know each other at this point. We're all hopefully going to take the same job, though, otherwise this will backfire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'd probably head towards the bar. Okay. Um, the barman, who you will probably know, uh, is a guy, oof, again, Franz. Yeah, there's a kind of scowling Reichlander, uh, who owns the, uh, Red Moon. He's a guy by the name of Franz Loner, uh, Loner with an H. You've heard he's some kind of ex-mercenary, um, 
of some kind. And he'll uh, he'll look at you as you enter and say, Evening, Marina. What can I get for you? How do people order in these places? I have no idea. Well, you could order a beer. Okay, fine. Have a beer, please. And do you know if there's a Herr Hendrick here? Oh, you hear about the advert, he says with a slight smile. Yeah, could do with some work. Yeah, business slow? Well... I'm just start, starting out and people don't know who you are, so... All right. Well, you're looking for the fellow and he points to one of the booths over there. You'll notice him dressed, dressed a bit too fine. He's got a bandage over his hand. You'll recognise him there. Thanks very much. Oh, by the way, you can now, if you look on the handout for the handbill, you can actually see the uh, actual handbill that was nailed to some uh, wall somewhere. Okay. Pay him something for the beer. Um, well... Yeah, he takes a brass penny or whatever the price of a beer is. Uh, let me. I, I will tell you what that is in a minute. Then, uh, yeah, you pay for the beer. He kind of says, "Thanks very much." Hey, what? If I hear anything about any jobs, I'll let you know. But you say nothing. Thanks very much. It's good. To, good to hear. Sorry, I was trying to work out work out the maths for the money so I could adjust the amount I had. <laughs> Too busy playing with my change. Uh, food, drink, and lodgings. Uh, a pint of ale will cost you three brass pennies. So you put, cross off three brass pennies, uh, and he gives you the beer. And you can see if you look at my avatar. That is the guy that you see sat in a booth on his own looking a bit nervous and a little bit out of place in a tavern like this. This place isn't completely seedy, but on the other hand, he's dressed not he's dressed finely in what looks like fine servant's clothing. A little bit of jewellery on display. I mean, obviously, seedy enough to, fo- to escape the wrath of uh, uh, Skaven. What? <laughs> uh, there's no Skaven at the moment, and there probably won't ever be, because... I don't know. Apparently Games Workshop really like that game and they're thinking of making it canon. Mm. And that he's um, pointing you to. I've thanked the bartender for his offer, by the way. I really was just out of character trying to work out how the money works. Okay. You'll be like, no problem. I'll keep my ears open. Thank you. I'll head towards the booth then. What are the the other two doing? Uh, I suppose uh, I enter at this point and uh, walk up to the bar. Even louder. Right. Evening, I call to the bartender. <laughs> yep, evening. One of the barmaids comes to take your order. Yeah, uh, just a uh, ale. Right, three brass pennies. Thank you very yep, much. Hey, uh, you heard of uh, uh, Mr. Air uh, Endrick? Is he here? There's an Air Endrick over there. She says it's a pockmarked. Uh, uh, he's over there, and she points. You can see this. You can see Naomi's character, a woman, uh, possibly wearing a very nice-looking hat, um, dressed in dark clothes. It's Approaching the booth and maybe sitting down, or I don't know what you're doing, Naomi, at this point in time. I'll probably say hello before I sat down. Okay. Yeah, see, she gu- she kind of guides you over there. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'll uh, take the money out of my character. Uh, Mike, what are you doing? I'll go in and just ask the barkeep where uh, this bloke is about the job. Okay, it, it goes quiet when you walk into the bar because not many of these patrons are used to seeing an elf. Mm. Um, the barman kind of says, uh, Will it be? Uh, looking for a man about a housekeeping job. Oh, he points in the same direction quietly. Oh, fine. Thank you, and I just give him a brass penny. Okay, cross that off then, because that's gone. Um, and he um, kind of takes the coin. Um, everybody looks at you a little bit suspiciously as you walk past, but um, yeah, the three of you are at the table. Um, anyway, you can see the man... Uh, well, you can all see him. Um, he is dressed in... Servant's clothing with a little bit of jewellery on display. Uh, you'll notice that he has got his left hand bandaged, um, and he looks incredibly nervous and a little bit out of place. Um, he kind of says, um, "You hear about the note? The the house moving work. That's right. Um, my name is uh, Vern Hendrick. I'm the one that left the note. You nice are. To meet. I am Rina. What was that? My last name. <laughs> Just choose the last name that you can say. <laughs> Not remember it. My name is Marina Midlaren. Okay. Um, uh, and um, are you used to hard work? Uh, at this point, Rob, you're a soldier makes it to the table. Other kind of work is there? I suppose that's a fair answer. Right. Um, oh, there's another person. Hi, uh, my name is um, Fran. Uh, my name is uh, Aaron Hendrick. All right, yeah, you uh, got a job going, haven't you? Pardon? You've got a job going, haven't you? That's right, that's right. Have a seat. I was just about to tell this good lady about the job. Ah, cheers, uh, cheers. You look like a big chap. You're used to heavy lifting? Ah, nothing I'll say about it, yeah? Good, good. And at this point, Mike's character joins you. Oh. Glance at the alphabet. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Hendrick says, uh, oh, an elf. 
I wasn't expecting uh, one such as this respond to my note. Well, you, if you if you post something for for a few silver, it sounds like an easy day's work. Of course. Um, are you used to heavy lifting? You are. You do look quite slim and tender compared to human. Mm. We're str- we're strong. We're strong. We're stronger than you, but just don't look it. Indeed. Uh, well, you'll have the chance to prove that, I'm sure. Uh, let me tell you a little bit more about the job. And he leans uh, over his glass of wine. Uh, um, I work for um, Lord um, Rickard Schaffenberg. Uh, does that name ring any? Does that name mean anything to any of you? Uh, if you have the skill Lore Reichland, you can make a roll on that. The way you do that uh, yeah. is you open your character sheet up and click the little dice next to the or Reichland. Yes, I have got, got Law Reichland. Okay, then. Make a roll on it, everybody. Uh, What's SL modifier? Just leave that as zero for just one. Nope, just sad. Yeah, the SL modifier is for things like talents that give you a bonus to that skill. So unless you... Okay. Okay. Um, doesn't mean anything to um, Andrew and Osric, but Marina, uh, yes, you have heard of the Aschaffenberg family. Uh, in fact, it would kind of make sense you to because you're you know you're an investigator and you want to keep track of uh who's yeah you've heard of the Aschaffenberg family they're a minor noble family of the region um in fact you've heard something recently about a wedding between the Aschaffenberg family and the von Brunner family another of uh Ubersreich's uh noble family yeah, you, 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 you've heard something about this. It's kind of checks out. Uh, my lord, Rickard Schaffenberg, wishes to employ you. Um, just as a result of his wedding, he's recently come into a new manor, um, and he, there is a problem there, he says, and he kind of pauses and waits for you. What's that? He thinks there might be some kind of, he kind of um, thoughts at this a little bit, but he thinks there might be some kind of rebellion fermenting in the ranks of the staff. Now, on the whole, they're a shiftless and uncooperative crew to a man, and he wants to hire some people to look into this matter. Ostensibly, you'd be there to unload the Lord's coach and arrange his furniture. But really, you're there to covertly spy upon the staff, learn what you can about any insubordination, and report to my Lord. Sounds perfect. I'm just setting myself up as an investigator. Oh, really? That is yes. for true. There will still be heavy lifting involved. You will have to unload uh, my, my Lord's um, coach. We're going to be taking his some of his luggage from his estate in the city this manner. A good cover story is important. Indeed. What about you, gentlemen? Sounds simple enough to me. I'm up for it. Yeah, sounds, sounds like easy pay. Yes, the pay is quite good, given the unusual nature of the job. Um, is there anything else you would like me to tell you about the job? Or shall we just meet um, here tomorrow morning? We will travel to the lodge. Is there anything particular equipment or things we should bring? Weapons. Weapons? Well, the manor will be, is, on the, is in the Reichwald Forest. I can't guarantee your safety. We should be fine. We'll be travelling by coach. Uh, yeah, I'll... Uh... Take, I'll uh, take my sword then. Um, I only have a dagger. Should I? Do I need something else? It will be fine. That's all I have. In the interest of full disclosure, there was a uh, last week a band of beastmen did attack the manor. The, the manor is guarded by um, competent guardsmen. Um, staff were injured in the attack, but once we get within the walls of the manor, you should be safe. Excellent. I was looking. I was hoping to see, kill some beastmen. Oh, that's not what we're employing you. For. No, but if you, but off. After after I'm done with we're done with that with ample hunting. There's seems to be must be a good hunt, hunting ground from nearby. But well, is a noble's hunting law? Yes, I suppose. I don't uh, think beastmen apply to your human laws. No, no. I suppose it does look at you a bit oddly when you say that. Though. <laughs> um, hmm. Very well. Anything else I can uh, tell you, or shall we? Uh, he, he starts drinking his wine a lot quicker. I assume that board and lodge will be provided. Of course, yes, yes. And we have an excellent chef in the lodge. We'll be providing all your meals. Makes them. I'm, uh, I'm ready to go, then. Well, I'll meet you tomorrow morning, then. Ready, which, yeah? which will be outside this tavern. We will um, load it up with my lord's belongings before we head out to Grunwald Lodge. When he says that, Naomi, can you give me another lore Reichland roll? Just you, because you passed the first one. Um, You've heard a little bit about Grunwald Lodge. It's a a noble's hunting lodge on the edge of the Reichwald Forest, Um, but nothing springs to mind uh, particularly about that. It's not not in the Schaffenberg Lodge, or at least it wasn't. Okay, so next day, uh, draws round, uh, the tavern 
with a um, a coach, uh, and he takes you to the uh, Affenberg estate where you um, load up the coach with many, many bags and suitcases and bits of furniture. Um, get in your coach, and you, you head northwards towards the Grunwald Lodge. Okay? okay, is there anything you wanted to do before you left town? No, because I can't, because I couldn't afford what I was interested in buying. Okay. So the, the journey from Ubersreich is long, uncomfortable, and more than a little boring. The road takes you through the fertile foothills of the Vorgerberger gland and past the village of Geisbach. The weather is sunny and the, war, the, the warm makes it a little bit oppressive. The road is dry, but you make good time. Sir Hendrik spends most of the journey driving the coach and complaining about the remoteness of Grunwald Lodge, the deficiencies of rural folk and the pain of his injured hand. What happened to your hand, sir? Oh, uh, there was the during the beastman. Uh, my <laughs> arm was injured. Defend my hand was injured defending the lodge. He says. Notice that the ba- he's been changing the bandage quite frequently, and there's a lot of blood around the wound. Hmm. Are we aware of any f- effects of beastman bites or anything like that? Oh, it wasn't a bite. It was an, a, a beastman's axe. Okay. So we're infected. Doesn't seem to be. Um, doesn't seem to be. But it has been troubling me a lot. Like he says. Hmm. Have you uh, seen, uh, had it seen to by a physician? Yes, there is a, uh, a there is a physician that my, um, at the lodge. Uh, he has looked at it. Uh, his name, Doctor Stefan Schiegler. Yes, he's checked it over. Uh, unfortunately, I think the damn blade was coated in something, taking forever to heal. And it, well, you don't want to hear about my ass. Kind of goes back to driving the coach because oh. I imagine my character's a bit socially inept. Oh, well, that'll be a first for you to play one of those. Are you, <laughs> you going to be up for the challenge? Uh, my character, when he sort of t- talks about uh, that, his hand, that Beastman coat is blade in summer, I guess I'd, I'd know a bit more about Beastman than your average Reichlander. Well, you certainly think you do. <laughs> yeah. So so I'll just sort of uh, sort of listing off, like, the poisons they could have used and how, how long it's expected until it yeah, kills that- him. That just seems to make him a lot quieter. <laughs> uh, after you leave the village of Geisbach, the road enters the Reichwald Forest and the Grey Mountains south disappear behind the dark forest canopy. As the gloom deepens, he's, our Hendrik becomes quieter, Bill, and he seems to stop talking altogether, thanks to um, Garthus. Gadru's suggestion that he's only got you know days to live. But you notice as you, his eyes start to dart all around and he startles at even the slightest rustling of leaves or the cry of a woodland creature. Right. So yeah, you're in the forest. Okay, so there's the coach and you're all inside it. Her Hedrick is driving it there. You guys can be wherever you want inside the coach. You can even get out of the coach if you really want, but he's going fast. <laughs> Probably not too wise. Right, okay. Yeah, so it becomes oppressively quiet and dark. Forest. Just ask if everything's all right up there. He just kind of waves you, uh, indicate that um, everything's fine. Um, incredibly nervous and jumpy, though. I think we're expecting company of some sort. What to do? Can I? Is there uh, a window? Can... Yeah, there's a window. Although he's had it curtain. It's got a big um, black velvet curtain out the way. Hmm. Surely we can move that. So this is quite a well-appointed carriage, but it is now chock-a-block full of suitcases. And boxes and crates and things that you've had to haul in from the the townhouse in Ubersrike. So we can't look out the window. No, you can. It's not very co- not very comfortable inside the coach. It's cramped, hot. Um, it's going to be difficult to take the pull the curtains down because there's boxes and things in front of them. Is there a door near us? Yes, of course. You've got a way to get it. Uh, you can I open the door and stick my head out? And but the coach is moving. I don't intend to fall out. Okay. Um, give me a perception roll, and let's hope you, that you don't fumble it then. Because fumbling is where you fail a roll and roll doubles. By the way, uh, then I'll say that you fall out of the coach, or that you've got a risk of falling out. So go on, give me a perception roll, Mister Elf. I'll move you to one of the doors. Oh, critical success! Very good. Okay. Um, yeah, you um, you look outside. Uh, you am I right in thinking you've got a cute sight as well? Think think so. Check for me if you will. But you're pretty certain that you can pick up movement within the tr- edge of the tree line. Uh, yeah, acute sense sight. Right, okay. Yeah, you can see um, figures moving around about here. Figures. 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 
Oh, sorry, more, to be more precise, it's about here and here, and there are figures starting around here and here. Um, Whereabouts? I was on the wrong screen. I was looking at my character sheet. This is quite difficult. Or at the edge of the tree line, you think you can okay. see... Okay. Right, what do you wish to do? I would wi- I would like to tell uh, the driver to hurry up and go faster, if he may. Uh, okay. Beastman. Don't know what they are, but I don't think... I expect them not to be friendly. Okay. Uh, so you tell him to speed up. Mm. Okay, yeah, he manages to do that. Uh, he speeds up a little bit uh, and then starts driving the horse. Okay. He... Um, wagon enters a large for- clearing in the forest, dominated by a collection of buildings protected by a 12-foot-high ivy-covered stone wall. Uh, you can see this tower, and you can see men on the top of the tower patrolling. Can you see that okay? Yep. Okay, so there are a couple of guardsmen up there. This is still quite distant, but not quite to scale. But part of the walls have collapsed and are reinforced with crude barricades. You and I should go in quiet deliberately. So finally, the wagon entered a large clearing in the forest dominated by a collection of buildings protected by a 12-foot-high ivy-covered stone wall. Part of the wall has collapsed and is reinforced with crude barricades. You can see guards in mail shirts and pot helmets wielding crossbows patrolling the top of the wall. The wall is surrounded by a wide, overgrown ditch. That's not on them. But there is a small gatehouse with a crumbling turreted tower built of dark stone that protects the entrance. That's the part that you can see. Another guard, similarly armed and armoured, stands alert on the turret of this tower. Catch all that? Yes. Yes. When you said it's crumbling and damaged, is it obvious to us that it's because it's old or that something's happened? Um, It looks like something's assaulted the walls. Mm. Okay. Can I ask the driver then? What happened there? Eastman, says Vern. Let's get on. Um, Yeah. You approach the gates in your wagon and Hendrik... Um, asks, open the gate! It's me, Hendrik, and I've brought folk from Uber's right with the Lord's belongings. Uh, you all give me an intuition roll this time. Intuition. Intuition. That's not my character treat. Uh, how do we do that? What is that one? It should be on the left. Australia <laughs> doesn't do anything. God damn it. Uh, like 50. Is there any way to get rid of this input value bit? Because it's annoying. No. We need that. We will need that for other things. Actually, useful. Oh wow! Okay, everybody fails the intuition test. Mm. Okay. Um, oh, we're about to get murdered. Remember that you have got fortune points that you can use to reroll things. I'm not saying that you have to do that now. But if you want to, you can. I think uh, I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm not going to attempt it. I mean, I only have one fortune point, so okay. No, uh, he's 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 only one death-defying stunt away from being Bobosa again. Yes, he doesn't have a lot of fortune points in this narration. Right, okay. Well, you may just rob, them of me. rob me of it again, Rob. <laughs> um, it was your fault for listening to me. <laughs> I'll, always, I'll always hold to that. It was your fault for listening to me. Um, before, the, before the gate opens in response to um, Aaron Hendrick, there's suddenly a guttural howl that rises from the forest around you. Several misshapen humanoid forms emerge from the undergrowth dropping from the boughs of trees and bursting from behind scrub. They have twisted cloven hooves and bestial faces, patches of mangy fur on their bodies, and the nubs of their stunted horns on their heads. Between them strides a larger, more powerful form with the head of a ram and proud curling horns. The creature bears blood-stained fangs and howls a challenge. At this, the beastmen leap to attack. So, what you see now, if you'll just give me one second, they go quiet. You don't see that. <laughs> the cast moved. <laughs> These four forms. Okay, so this one here, this is the large bestial one. These are smaller, kind of deformed-looking beast creatures that are emerging from the stops. You think, from the movement that you've been seeing, Mike, that there are more of them around. Hello? Hello? Mike? What do people want to do? Oh, uh, Mike's gone AFK. <laughs> that was a good time for that. Uh... About that, all right. Um, probably put my hand to my dagger already. Yeah, I'll probably draw my sword. Yeah, I'll draw my sword as well. You know, okay. just in case it does get a bit nasty because beastmen are not exactly the most pleasant of chaps. Well, the, <laughs> this perfectly satisfies my short term, my short short term goal. What was that? Uh, hunt down beastmen. Just our luck. We get the dyslexic elf. I think you're being hunted by beastmen here, but okay. 
Okay, so my goal goal is uh, kill Beastman, really. Uh, okay, I will. I'm not. Gonna, I don't know if I'm going to give you that for this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. Um, right. Okay. So I filled out the combat tracker. Uh, for some reason, it's still using the placeholder names that your characters had. I don't know why that is. <laughs> Can you see the combat tracker? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so at the top of the turn is Mike, who I suspect is going to be going first quite a lot because he's obviously Wood Elf. Yep. Mike, you can see these four beastmen. You recognize three of them as being the stunted Ungors that pick up the bulk of beastmen armies. But one of them is a frothing Thor, one of the larger creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, what I can do is... It doesn't look like everybody's on that turn order thing. I can only see five people, and that doesn't include... Rob. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not on there. Oh, okay. Well, I'll put you back on then. I've just deleted you. Please do. Uh, and I will right-click add turn. Are you on it now? Yes, yes. Yep, I'm at the bottom. Yeah, well, you're not supposed to be at the bottom. You're under Mike, which is where you were before. Um, I'm there now. Okay. Um, what does it say? Mine says a bloke called Rob. My Mine says a bloke called Rob. No idea why that is. Mine okay. say nothing with Mike and Rob and say Naomi for me. All right. Well, I guess at least we know who that is. You, um, you don't see other people's names for some reason. Mm. All right. Okay. So what I've also done is, if you're really bored, uh, is I've added the handout for Gores and Ungores to your monsters entry, just a computer game. <sighs> okay. so you can now see what a Gore and Ungore is. Not sure. Uh, right, Mike. Mike, what do you want to do? Uh, did you say I also saw more around sort of the other side? Yeah, these are not the ones that you saw outside around here. You can still see movement in the shadow of your amazing elven vision. The do they movement. look beast mini? Probably. You're, yeah, yeah, probably. Mm. You no confirmed sightings. Whatever they're doing, they're keeping out of sight. But... I don't like this. They're not normally this smart. What do you want to do? We're, we're going to go into combat action. Basically, you can move the number of squares equal to your move action. Uh, you can charge if you want. Uh, you need to do that. You only get a bonus for that if it's more than four squares away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most of them are four, more than four squares. Yep. What do you wish to do? Mm. I change my avatar. A little bit. There we go. That's better, isn't it? How do you do that? I have more than one character I'm in charge of. Oh, if you go to the... Um, look at the chat just below where you type things in, where it says as, I can select all the characters in this game, because I'm the GM. Yeah, and if you have a photo of them, it tends to fill in that slot, I think. Yeah, so Naomi, if you say as your character, we should see... I don't think you actually have a picture with your character, but we can fix that at a later time. Naomi, why is there two of you? you, There was a second Naomi. I think you accidentally dragged yourself onto the screen. That does stuff. (laughs) Oh, I just tried to change it to my character, like you said. Okay, don't worry about it just now. I, I think it's because you haven't got a picture associated with you. Uh, you've got a counter, but you haven't got a picture. Don't worry about it just now. The only per- It means you'll know who I'm talking at when I talk as character. A nice little feature for me. You'll only be playing one character, so it's not that bad. I just don't like the pattern that's currently representing me. Okay, well, I'll see what I can do to fix that for you. Uh, so, Mike, what are you doing? I would like to move... Two and uh-huh. just try and get a better vision of what's going on. Carriage like that. There was a door there. Oh, okay. You get out the carriage, and you're under the tree. You're under that, that foliage. Yes. Okay. And I'd like uh, to see if I can see the other figures more clearly. Um, maybe another perception roll then. But that's going to be your action this combat turn, then. You can I still use my other two movements? Yeah, if you want. Yeah, I'll use that after perception. Yeah. Uh, there you go, Naomi. Are you happy now? That's better. Okay. And I succeeded by six levels. Yes, there are definitely more beastmen than there. Surrounding. These are the runt of the litter, you reckon? These are the ones that have been sent to prove themselves against you. Okay. I'll use my two movement to get back inside. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. It's fair to say that you're not achieving your ambition at the moment. I want to go inside, so on my next... Next time I can talk to talk to people. Yeah. Oh, why are you a, why are you a surgeon now? <laughs> I, I just I just found I could change to it. You can yeah. be a surgeon? I, I could be male servant. Oh yeah, male servant. I can change okay. that. You can't anymore. I've fixed that. <laughs> Mike, we must never change. We must stay as we are. We can't go back. 
they both look so smug with those avatars. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like we usually do in real life? <laughs> yes. yes. Okay, so Mike's action was to go in, look at the bunch of beastmen and go, nope. Go not back my in. problem. I'm not having anything to do with that, thank you. <laughs> this is an Right, Rob. Um, Currently, um, Mike's character is a tourist. <laughs> okay, I think first court call, call to business is going to try and maybe get our employer inside. <laughs> you know, away from the fact that the beastmen are outside. Uh, is the window enough to get him through, or would I have to go outside and escort him in? You'd have to... Um... I mean, he's on—he's actually driving the coach, so you're not able to easily get at him. Uh, is the coach stopped? Um, it will be in a minute, but the horses are not going to react very positively to four beastmen ambushing them like this. Uh, I don't blame them. I think I'm... Oh, okay, so the, the thing is still moving. Um, no, you'd stopped because he was talking to the guards. You, you, uh, you were, you'd slowed to a canter. Okay, I... You're not, like, leading towards the wall at the moment. I'm basically trying to say, is it stopped so I can get out? But no. Yeah, you know, you can, a canter is like a small step, isn't it? Or, you know, it's not racing. It's probably going at about five, ten miles an hour. Yeah, I got out and got back in fine. Okay, fine. okay, okay. I basically opened the door, which I assume there's a door here as well. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll open that and get out and basically just go, come here, you know, down here, and basically just try and get Hendrick to come with me. <laughs> Alright, um, want to do anything else? That's just your move. Uh, fuck it, powering stance, so we can still do that? I don't think you can anymore, but, oh, okay. for... uh, let me have a, let me have a look. Um, I'm sure there's something defensive that you can do. Uh, where's my option of sitting in the corner and cry? <laughs> That's an option in every game system. Uh, defensive <laughs> rules, I'm not sure there are. Uh, movement. No, not really, not unless you've got some kind of defensive weapon. So, uh, why did they take that out? Okay. Um, there, are, there are items and things now that can... Uh, let me see. It also be that I'm just not quite as conversant with the rules. Uh, new skills to try and get yourself um, a point of advantage over the, uh, the others. That's the equivalent of, I guess, fighting offensively. It does seem they try to tunnel everything about combat into this silly advances they produced. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. What do I do with that? Uh, what? Because I'm, I'm basically getting out to try and defend Hen- Hendrick because he's like my employer. Huh? I'm getting out to try and defend Hendrick because he's my employer. Right? Yeah. So, fuck uh, it, should I then climb onto the thing beside him? I don't know. Oh, okay. Things that do occur to you that you could do try and intimidate these. They are three of them are smaller than you. Um, yeah, I'm not finding much else really in. Uh, yeah, there's not really a defining defensively mode anymore, which seems a bit stupid in my oh, opinion. You're wrong. Maybe I'm just on the defense. What if you want to... Be- oh, here we are. Right, okay. No, no. I've got- yes, you can choose a skill that you wish to use to defend yourself with, and you'll get plus 20 bonus after roll that this turn. So if you choose melee basic, that means you're defending with your sword. You get a plus 20. Okay. Um, can I also ask, is um, is the half-action thing still a thing, or is it changed? <laughs> Technically it is, because you've got mo- you've got a move and an action in this. So it's like having the two half-actions. But, uh, but only one of them can be used for move. But, but you, you can only use one of them for move. Use the move for move. You can um, you can run and double run and things like that. If you wanted to? Yeah, it's a bit more like uh, fight five V. Yeah, for D D. It's a wee bit more narrative. There's a little bit more flexibility in terms of what constitutes action and what constitutes not an act. What else do you want to do? So you've got your sword out. I'll do. I'll use my melee basic as defensive. Right, so. That's basically what you would have got with carrying stance in the uh, old game. Okay, so you get plus 20 with it. Anything else you want to try and do? Oh, well, that's my action, isn't it? I'm just asking. You get what are called free actions as well. You can talk. Oh, it's just 5e now. Okay. Um, but is, is, there, is that all you want to do? Yeah, really. I'm just trying to defend Hendrick. Right, you, you step up ready to defend Hendrick. Naomi, what are you doing? Oh, I'd probably come around. The other side to where Rob is. You're going to also act defensively. How do I do that again? Just tell me which skill you want to use. So presumably, you've got melee basic because you've got a sword or something. And if I attack you, pardon, but a dagger. That's a basic weapon. Oh. Okay. So you say you just say I'm going to defend with my melee basic, and you know how you get that. What is it? What was it? Modif- but I've put five in it. Yeah, you've got the skill. 
Oh, it should be picked. No, because it's uh, it, you you got it from your racial skills, not from your career. Oh, I see. Right, okay. So, um, yeah, basically, if I attack you, you have to roll melee basic to defend. You now get a when it asks you for that modifier thing that you you don't like filling in. You can put in twenty. You'll get an extra twenty added onto your melee basic for the purposes of defending. Okay. Right. Okay. So you are twenty percent more likely now to defend yourself than you were <laughs> if you just waded in screaming at them. Okay. Right. So you're basically all kind of shoring up defensively, apart from the elf. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's now the gore's turn. It basically strides out onto the road and kind of uh, your horses um, s- sort of rise up in fear. The um, the best the, the ungors will start to approach the side of your carriage. They're also going to approach defensively. These guys have got little pointy spears. The gore has got a big, meaty-looking hand axe in its hand. Hendrick, on his turn, will try and control the horses. He does not do a very good job of controlling the horses. Are fearful. Right. Goes back up to our wood elf. What does our wood elf want to do? For charge, I have... Yeah. Does the target have to be more than four squares away? Yeah, which I think it is. Yeah. Yep. I'd like to charge that okay. horse up there. Okay. So the effect that you get from charging is that you automatically gain plus one advantage. Okay. That means in, I've just changed your advantage on your token to one. So mm-hmm. if you hover your mouse over it, you should see a one. When you yep. make an attack roll now, you get plus a modifier of plus ten. Okay. So uh, attack. you using your melee weapon? Yep. You roll on the skill melee basic. I'm going to do the same thing for my gore. And do I, I add 10 to it on the modifier? So I'm going to ask you for a modifier. You roll in 10. So okay. input volume volu- modifier 10. Yes, you put in 10. That's because he's charging. It's because he's got one point of advantage. This is something that you'll see. You've got a little white number that appears above your, your counter. It's probably zero at the moment. It should be. Uh, every point of that you get, you get to put in 10. As a modifier, right? Attack. Yeah. All right, I've rolled absolutely terribly. Let's take a brief moment to remember. Uh, let's take a brief moment to look at the rolls that we got there. Okay. Yeah, I the think one... mine went wrong. No, you've hit. Uh, according to this, you rolled exactly 60, which is exactly what you needed okay, okay. to hit. I rolled 91. What I needed to roll was 35 or less. Now, what happens here is we look at who had the most success. You were the attacker. You had the most success. Your success level is zero. Okay. The Ungor rolled 60 higher than it should have done, or, or close enough to 60. So its success level is minus six. Okay. You've won that test by six success levels. Does that make sense? Yep. What's the damage from your dagger? Uh, pitiful. Uh, but... I'm, not, I'm not using my dagger. I'm using my hand weapon. Okay. Sorry, I forgot you've got a hand weapon. What is it? Uh... Four. You sure it's not four plus SB? Uh, yeah, so four, five, six, seven. Right. The way it works is the damage is equal to seven, okay, plus mm-hmm. the six. Plus the six that we got as the difference between the SLs. So you've actually done 13 points of damage. Okay. But it's not necessarily how well you roll. It's how it's bad how well, they also. Yeah, it's how relative to your skill you roll and how relative to their skill they roll. Okay. There's no there's no damage roll there. You just we just compare the two. This, this is what's called an opposed test, okay? Because he's capable of defending himself, he can uh, do that, okay? So you've done 13 points of damage to him. So just like in um, first edition, that uh, or second edition, sorry, that would go through his toughness um, and his armor, which I now need to tell you how badly mangled. So he is wearing light armor. He's wearing like furs, and mm-hmm. he's got a, got a toughness of. I'm going to take four off what you just did. Okay, so what okay. you've actually done just just in the inch, you've actually done nine points of damage to him. Okay, okay. So he is pretty badly mangled from that. Not dead yet. Okay, but that. What were you using? A sword? Yes, probably one of those poncy elven short blades, the very fancy ones with leaf quillings and things on them. Okay, so you yeah. basically. You just basically run out of the um, uh, run out of the coach. You sort of scream something in Elven, and you basically stab this guy. Uh, and you know you you almost cut him in two from the head. 
I think that was a head hit. Yeah, uh, that would have been six. Yeah, it should actually tell you on the thing. I thought it wasn't. Oh, maybe I've been playing around with Foundry too much. Foundry does that. Um, okay, so you've done a pretty substantial hit. Every time you successfully win a test in combat, you gain another point of advantage. Okay? You now have, uh, not that, you should have two advantage now. Next time, you attack, next time you attack or defend, your modifier is plus 20. Okay. The limit, the limit to the advantage that you get, and this is a house rule, it's one of the rules that you can get from the book, you can't get more than your initiative bonus in advantage, so you can only get up to five. Okay. That's still plus 50, though. That's pretty good. So, I think, for me, that's pretty much... An, yeah, that's like an automatic hit. Yeah, but it, remember, <laughs> it rel- it, it, it's relative. You can have a you can have a combat skill of 115 and only roll 99, and if he rolls 0, yeah. one, you know, um, you're still in trouble. Okay, so you've now got two points of advantage. However, what you've just done is you've charged two guys, okay? Yep. You're technically, at the moment, outnumbered. So your advantage will start to go down every turn if more people don't come to help you because they'll start to like flank you and swarm you okay, okay. Um, also if you ever take any damage in combat all your advantage goes down to zero which okay. is why having somebody with a bow or a gun or something really useful if you have somebody who is kind of dominating the combat with advantage or indeed anything that makes them fail in a full text you could even intimidate people into losing their in it, their advantage okay were you uh, other guys following that okay? A bit, I guess. I think I uh, might need explaining again when, when I get to my turn, but... Um... No problem, we'll take our time. Did you get the idea there? He only actually had to make one roll in combat, and that was his melee roll. And I had to make one for the gore, so it's actually a pain in the ass for me because I've got to roll all these extra dice. Um, you know, if we were playing this on the table... Pardon? Roll for the damage at all. No, it's worked out by the difference. If somebody attacks somebody... Okay, the worst that can happen to them is they oh, miss. I was wondering where the seven comes from. Right, if you look at the numbers again, when um, Mike rolled, he got a success level of zero. Okay, when I rolled, I got a success level of minus six. So if you do zero minus minus six, you get six. Okay, his, yeah. his sword does seven points of damage normally. Uh, he get, then adds that six on to do 13 damage. So I've written that by working out in the uh, in, the ch- in the chat there. Then what I did was I then took 30 damage minus 4 toughness and... I want to know how you worked out the 7 for a sword. Where'd you get that number from? Your, your ha- a sword is 4 plus your strength bonus. Where would I look on my character sheet for the equivalent number? Yes, that's right. Your dagger will probably only do 2... Where? Oh, sorry. Uh, where? Um, uh, weapons. Look at the weapons. weapons. And I look yep. at my dagger and which boxes am I looking at? Uh, I need to add the two numbers together, SB and DMG, for some reason. Add strength, bonus, and damage. Yeah. Right. So you add those two together. I don't know why it hasn't worked out for you. Oh, that's what it is. Sorry. If you roll, if you hit the roll button, see how you've got two buttons next to your weapon? Attack, oppose. You roll attack. I'm just going to roll yours for you, Naomi. I've just hit your roll button. Then you get all the other extra information in the chat. Oh, okay. Telling you. Things like that, okay? So I just made the Ungor attack with its hand axe. I rolled 18, and it'll tell me that's plus 2, and that the damage for that is 7 plus opposed SL. Okay, yeah. If you use the weapons tab to make attacks, that makes life a little bit easier. Okay? If you don't use the weapons tag, it assumes you're using it for something like a skill check. Maybe you look after your weapon or something. So you get more information if you actually use the weapons tab. You found that okay, Neely? Yep. That's why... It, right, okay. That I was Because I was going, I'm sure it's supposed oh, to... Roll you did on mine for me, but yeah. Pardon? I didn't... So I, I, I had the wrong character sheet open. I rolled the Ungor, not you. That makes sense, then. Right. I could open your character sheet and roll dice for you, but I don't have that tab open at the moment. I've only got my Ungor. All right, okay. So that was a good turn for you, uh, Mike, and that kind of illustrated how the combat works in the game rather nicely. It's now Rob's turn. Okay, Rob, you've just seen the elf run in front of the coach. Uh, the problem is you might be on the wrong side unless you're going to scooch past um, turn. Yeah, I uh, think I'm on the wrong side to really deal with it. I think I'm just going to stick with what I was doing, basically prepare for the gore to attack. You're, you're with him. You could charge the gore at this range. Yeah, fuck it, let's do that. Yeah, the gore looks a lot more interested in possibly murdering horses. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you charge. So that means you get a plus one advantage that I'm just going to put in for you. Okay. So make 
go to your weapons tab uh, for your guy, yep. and you... Uh, oh, this guy doesn't have a weapon. Right, I'm going to have to give him one. Sorry, give me one second. Right, there we go. Uh, if you roll an attack roll, I'll roll an opposed roll. Okay, remember that you get the plus ten for the advantage. Okay. The gore... Done okay. For fuck's sake! Oh, okay, here's the good news. Oh, that's a critical failure. I'm ah, re-rolling that. Fuck that. We'll ignore that for just now. Okay. Um, critical failure is just really thick news. I'm fortune pointing it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can fortune point it. There we go. That's better. Okay. So, you have the gore rolled a success level of zero, which is a success... You rolled a success level of one, which is more. So there's a difference of one. You do seven plus one points of damage. You do eight to the gore. Okay. Uh, the gore, on the other hand, though, is probably a little bit tougher than than an ungore. Let's have a, probably not actually. Uh, for yeah, okay. So not as quite as spectacular as uh, the elf's attack, but you definitely win him. Gain another point of advantage. I don't know why your advantage has gone down to zero. Oh, you have two advantage now. Changing. Have a look at that. And that will go away if I get hit by anything. Yes. Right, I'm just changing your token so it's not. For some reason, I've not been able to connect the advantage on the character sheet token very well. So use the token, not the character sheet, to record advantage. For you see a two there now. Yeah. Right. And you've still got two as well, Rob. Uh, Mike, sorry. Um, successful turn for you. 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 You know. You. He obviously wasn't expecting you to charge, ran in, hit him, um, stabbed him in the body, actually. Gave him quite a nasty scenic scar. Um, but he's still trucking, I'm afraid. Anyway, uh, the elf looks like he's eventually going to get himself overwhelmed a little bit. At the moment, the momentum of the combat on the left of the coach here seems to be in the elf's favour, but that might not happen for stay for too long. These little spearmen are quite tricksy. What would you like to do? I finish off the one he started on. Would you like to charge? I need to. Oh, well, you could just walk over if you want, but you don't get the plus one advantage. Should okay, so me. charging is better. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So what I'm going to do is you get a point of advantage. Uh, you there uh, in your character sheet? If you could make an attack with whichever weapon it is you're using, I think you've just got a dagger, right? Yeah. Right. I am going to... It's not that guy. It's an Ungor. I'm going to oppose your attack roll. What? So you're putting a modifier of what? N, because you've got one advantage. Okay. Is it an SL modifier? That might come in useful later on. You have fumbled nearly by the looks of things. Uh, what do? It means something bad happens with the weapon, like you might drop it or something. You want to spend a fortune point and have another go. Uh, go on. To make another attack. The problem is the Ungor is defending quite well. Don't forget, you get the plus ten. Ooh, right, okay. Uh, this is an example where you both succeeded the test, but this time you hit, okay? Um, you have done five plus four minus two, so seven points of damage to did you say you were attacking the one that Rob had already hit, or the one that's fresh? The one that I'd already hit. Oh, I reached the one that Rob's already hit. It's, it's way o- over there. Uh, Mike, sorry, I always get Mike and Rob confused. You're attacking this guy, right? Yeah. Right, you have rolled. You have inflicted a critical wound. Um, please roll a critical hit. So you've got a button that says critical. If I, I'll, do you want me to do it, or do you want to do it? Tell me what I'm doing, so I'll know. Hit the button that says critical hit, and when it asks you where the critical hit is, if you could select left arm. Critical roll modifier? Uh, I'm not sure. Give me a sec. This is my first time doing this as well, so I'm just going to make sure that I have all the rules for that critical... Uh, yeah, uh, hold on a second. Sorry, Naomi. The rules are telling me to look at like three different pages because why would they be? It's okay. Why would, uh, why would rules be simple? There's a lot of that in this book. Oh, you're interested in this? Well, why not see the PC page 174? Yeah, just roll a D100. Put the modifier in zero, nearly, or whatever it is. Okay. Um, you, yeah, arm is jarred in the attack, drop whatever was held in that hand. Okay. So, um, you smash into his arm and it drops whatever it was holding in that. We'll say he was left-handed um, and was holding his little... Sp- yeah, he's not able to work his spear anymore. He also gains what's called the prone condition in this game, which I'm going to say in this case means he's dead. He basically um, starts to bleed out on the floor. Gain another point of advantage. Okay. Look at you, the way that was worded, the thing about the jarred arm. It looks like I should have been rolling that if I just received the critical roll. No, no, you, you, we, knew, we knew that you were inflicting that on him. I suppose okay. I could have. 
doesn't matter. It's not tied to any characteristics of your character. Um, okay, so you've managed to kill one of them. That does not thrill them. It's now the gore's turn. Okay? And the gore is going to attack you. Why have I got two advantage? I don't think I do. Must have given that in by mistake. Right. Um, Bob, you need to make... I'm assuming you're still using your melee skill to defend? Yep. I'm going to make an attack roll. You need to make an opposed roll. I don't do I get, get any bonuses because I don't have any advantage. You do get your advantage. So I get plus 20. That's right. Okay. Fuck sake. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, somehow I win. Um, again. Right, are you sure? How many fortune points have you got? Three. You spent what? You're spending two. This is your second one. That you're spending, right? Yeah. Probably a good idea because that would inflict quite a lot of damage on you. And you'd be taking... Uh, 10 points of damage there. Oh, critical. There we oh, go. Right. Get facts. Okay. What you've done there, this is a really nice illustration of the rules again. Ender, right? Okay. Up. Yeah, what? Sorry? You're, you're defending, right? Yeah. It's, normally in a, in a combat, you cannot inflict wounds on an opponent when you're the defender. Okay? Yeah. Except, the exception is if you pass the test and roll doubles, you've inflicted a critical wound on the gore. So even though you were defending, you've you've inflicted a critical on them. Could you roll for that critical, please? Still just a D100? Yeah, well, no, no. You roll... Um, there's a button on your character sheet that says critical. We're going to roll... Yeah, actually, roll a D100 to determine where you do it. I need to just see... Catch him in the body. Now roll a critical, and when it asks you where, say body. Uh, no critical wound modifier, though. <laughs> okay. You inflict three wounds on him. That's a Critical wounds do come with damage. He loses three wounds from that and gains the stunned condition and a broken bone minor injury. Okay, so he is, by the looks okay, of Okay, so are critical hits no longer used to kill them? Do they just die if they reach zero wounds? Bad guys die. Minor NPCs die if they reach zero wounds. Uh, you can you die if you... Because basically, until he gets those ribs... If he was a PC, you can you die when you either... Uh, there's certain conditions that you can die. One of them is if you have a number of critical wounds inflicted on you equal to your toughness bonus. So this guy's got a toughness of 30-odd. If you'd inflicted three critical wounds on him when he was a PC, dead. That makes sense. But you have to heal all aspects of your critical wound in order for it to go away. He'd have to get rid of his stun condition and also get someone to fix his bones. Otherwise, he's got one of his three criticals that could kill him. But because he's an NPC, when he reaches zero, he will most probably die. Okay. That's one of the ways you can die. Okay. Uh, so he is, yeah, there's like a sickening crack as you kind of catch him with the back of your sword and then stab him and break his ribs. Uh, so even though he attacked you, you can still hit him. Does that give me an additional advantage? Yes, you, you get another point of advantage. <laughs> you successfully won an opposed check. Uh, wait a minute, did you beat him? Beat uh, we were both at two. Let me just see. However, uh, I did get more under the roll than he did. Right, so yes, then you get the point of advantage. Otherwise, it's possible for you to inflict a critical and for him to still hit you. Okay. Now, combat gets even more dangerous in this edition because of the, the criticals. If you get two criticals around and die very quickly. Yeah, this does also mean that uh, even when you're attacking, the enemy can just randomly kill you. Yes, all right. <laughs> right, okay, well, that was a, that was a good turn for you. Uh, my Ungors will get to go. Now, one of them will move in to attack you, Rob. Okay. And he, he, you're now outnumbered, because right? let's say there's only one of you, and there's yeah. two of them. So he gets a point of advantage. For I have my three. Yes, you do for just now. However, at the end of the turn, if you're still outnumbered, you will lose one point of advantage. Okay. Turn until, you know. So, um, at the moment, the momentum of this combat seems to be in your favour. However, the Ungor will now try and attack you with its axe. Uh, so he gets a plus 10 bonus. You get your plus 30. Okay. You're going to need a pretty good roll to beat that. Wrong character. Ignore that. Well, the same thing happened again. <laughs> joking. Yeah. Why does it keep saying Gore? It's the Ungor. Oh, sorry. It's because it's um, I'm as Gore. Right, okay. Yeah, also, uh, yeah. So I'm going to take, take the last one, which means... Not only you inflict another critical hit on him, and you don't take any damage. Yay! Roll twice. Roll the other one, the one attacked. So I've got. I think that's the body again as well. Apparently, he's got some kind of. So roll another D100 for me. You got. I, I did. Yeah, I think that's the body again. 
body again, so roll me a critical in the body. I think I'm learning not to attack Rob. Get folks. <laughs> fractured hip. In the stun condition, make a challenging endurance. Are they both stunned? <laughs> gain the prone condition. For a broken bone minor injury. You've done the same thing to him. Uh, right, okay, so what do I need to do? I need to roll... So you don't need any help then, Rob. Clearly. I've, I've incapacitated my four, and I shattered the hip of the other one who tried to hit Okay, so the Ungor needs to roll Endurance, which is actually one of the combat action buttons. I'll do that. Eight, submit. Hey, failed. Got plus ten, but... Uh, right, well, yeah, you inflict a four-wound critical on him, as well as stunning him. I think it's fair to say he... he... Actually, that wouldn't have counted towards your... Wow, well, I, I think I kind of cheated there. Because it just occurred to me, this guy's stunned, so you weren't technically outnumbered. Yeah, so that means I have plus 40 on my next go. <laughs> um, what's your initiative? 39. Uh, 39. Can't go higher than three of them. Damn. If you spend the XP to move that initiative to 40, and Oh, clearly, I think I will. I mean, this is where I did a big brain move and, t- and went out for 50. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have any fortune points. Still, I'm, I'm uh, putting on a, a uh, good show for, pe- for the pe- uh, people on the walls and our, our, our employer. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, you'll note, by the way, that the gate hasn't even begun to rise yet. Ah, little bastards. Um, okay, so that was the Ungor on you. There's one on Naomi. Uh, you guys are outnumbering it, so in the next um, next turn you'll both get one advantage on it. Uh, the um, What I'm going to do for the Ungor is I'm going to roll a cool test. Yeah, having seen Rob's character butcher <laughs> and stun two of its friends, it kind of flowers and will attempt to disengage. However, you have the advantage on it, so it's going to have to make... Uh, ooh, actually, that's a good point. How does one disengage in this? Not if it had more advantage than you, it could just walk away, okay? Okay. Because you guys have dreams of advantage, uh, it's not so easy for it. So you might get uh, advantage. You'd have to spend all... If you wanted to run away... You would have to spend all your advantage. Uh, let me see. Actually, I've, what's it going to have to do? So I've put a little thing under maneuvers, disengaging. If you have lower or equal, and you do not wish to spend. Okay. So what it's going to do is it's going to make what's called a dodge roll. And one of the uses for dodge is it can walk away without provoking an attack of opportunity, well, the equivalent of an attack of opportunity in this game. Okay. But, but it, it doesn't um, and decide whether or not. I don't think that's it. I don't think it's made it. Uh, uh, where's my chat window? Got right there. We are. So yeah, it fails, meaning that if you fail, each opponent defeat. Make a post dodge melee test. Can you guys uh, make a melee attack? So Naomi and Mike both make just a standard melee test. It doesn't. It's not an attack with your weapon. But if you. Anyway, sorry. One of us was it attacking anyway? Um, it was going to go for Mike, but it's failed its cool test. What it's trying to do is it's trying to disengage. It wants to run away, but if it, it's, if if you succeed this test, you'll get an, a you get a free attack on it. So this is to it's determine whether or not it can run away. It's a cool test for cool test is for its morale because it's just seen half of its pals taken out by one guy. Cool test is for when you it's it's for keeping your control under situations. In this case, it's just seen one guy dead and two guys. Is it, is it a melee basic roll you want? Yes. Uh, uh, Mike, can you also make a melee basic roll? Yep. Uh, do our modifiers count? Our advantage count? Yep, they do. Uh, you've both got plus 20, I think? Yep. Plus 30, because you outnumber them. 30. Yeah, plus 30 each. He's not got much chance of getting away. Start again now. Uh, well, we could just end to whatever you rolled if you've done it. All right. Oh, I, I, I cancelled. Okay. So, Andrew, you will get an attack on him. Okay. Uh, Naomi, you won't get an attack. He just managed just to stay out of reach of you right there. Uh, you want to make an attack roll as he attempts to disengage, or should we just yeah, let me make another melee basic roll? Another melee, bi- melee basic roll. Yeah, I'm just going to say if you succeed, you kill him a little bit. With th- plus 30 again. Yes. In fact, I think it's now plus 40 because you just succeeded in a roll against him. Naomi's would go down to zero. What? Well, that takes me to like something like 90-odd. Yep, 90. Uh, I think we're going to say that he dies horribly. You just come down from behind. Um, Fern Hendricks like, For I Sigmar, get the gate open, man! And you notice the guards are kind of uh, slowly moving. Uh, yeah. uh, if we have to. <laughs> yeah, actually, there is a certain element of that. Um, Mike, 
over to you. Um, you've just cut down this um, Ungor. Um, what do you wish to do? Do you want to run and help? Yeah, can I charge the gore? Yeah, we'll see. You can. You get another plus one and... So no. my initiative goes up to... Plus 50. <laughs> yeah, you... Yay, I have a 100% hit chance. <laughs> oh, right. Well, actually, no, it's... Uh, in fact, you... Um, this, this is a perfectly well-thought-out system. No flaws at all. Uh, condition... Um, I'm supposed to probably make a roll on that. A minus 10 penalty. Advantage, because he's stunned... Uh, at the end of each round, he's supposed to make an endurance attack. <laughs> get rid of it. Okay, if he got rid of it. So, make an attack with plus 50. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, no, that was the gore failing. Yeah. Um, okay, That's so... He, nine damage, fuck. Well, here's the thing, though, because you stunned him. So, stunned doesn't mean, like, completely out of the combat. Uh, it means, according to this, you're capable of taking an action, but you are capable of half your normal movement. You can defend yourself with magics. Uh, you can suffer a minus ten to all tests. So, he's got to make a test, and he's got a minus ten modifier on it, which means you're going to inflict even more damage. Because it's even harder for him to score as cells. Where's uh, Windows, oh. right? What happened to him, right? Uh, so you now do twelve damage to him because you've got two successes <laughs> and he got minus three. Twelve damage is more than enough to inflict a critical on him. So I'm gonna just say that you finish him off. The very okay. finish off the aura as well. Okay. Yep. Right. Um. So yeah, you quite ably dispatch the beastmen, but you think there are more behind you, Mike. Uh, you can hear the sounds of yeah, horns. We, and we should sandwich. get in. Quickly. Well, tell the gatekeepers that. Okay. Oh, uh, eventually, there's more coming. Yep. Okay. Eventually, they lift the gate. Um, you can give me another set of intuition rolls, though. Oh, here's a time oh. for the grand failure of the party. They will no, kill. No, that's initiative. That's not what I wanted to do. No. They will kill all of us, the men, the women, and the children. Are you um getting back in the coach, or are you just kind of? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking damn have it. Modifiers. Sorry? You still have modifiers. Uh, no, you lose all your advantage now, because that's the end of combat. Uh, what's, the, what's the time of day, roughly? <laughs> um, um, according to you, midnight. Mid uh, Early afternoon. I'm. Do you think I should re-roll my critical fail on... on... You rolled initiative, not intuition, so you've made the wrong roll anyway. Oh, yes. that's, a happy, in- that's a happy coincidence. <laughs> Intuition. Not oh, yeah, it's a skill. Whoops. Yeah, initiative. I knew yeah. that. Sure you do. <laughs> That's still not. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, Rob, yeah, I mean, you're probably voicing what everybody's thinking. Those soldiers on the wall are far too slow. I'm going to berate them in proper soldierly fashion. Oh, well, they eventually do raise the, um, uh, the, the portcullis. But, um, yeah, they've been absolutely no use in the combat. You notice that they had crossbows that they could have fired, um, and Hendrik is berating them as well. So you join your employer in yelling at the guards. Eventually, eventually, the um, gate is raised for you.